Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Career by Design podcast. Today, I am joined by Michelle Bork. And Michelle, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in just a moment. So today we're going to be talking about something that's really important, which is once you land your new job and you've got this beautiful new role, how do you make sure that you are not drowning in that overwhelm that sometimes happens when you have a new job, right? And so Michelle and I were chatting before the show, it sometimes feels like you're drinking from the fire hose. And I can absolutely relate to that. When I was in management consulting, there is so much that goes on. So we are going to be talking all about how to avoid that and make sure that you feel really successful in your first year of your career. So with that, Michelle, I would love it if you could briefly introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Prayer, for this opportunity. I'm so excited to be here. As you said, my name is Michelle Burke, and I am a coach. I love coaching women in the professional field on really how to excel in your career, but without the stress and overwhelm so that you can do more of what you want. And I am also still in the corporate world myself. I work for Medtronic, which is a medical device company, and I've been there for over 16 years now. That's so wonderful. So let's dive into exactly where this overwhelm comes from, right? So you've started this new job. There's all of this information. You were probably trying to learn how the company operates, learn a new business. You're also trying to understand who are the key players and getting to know the people in your internal corporate network. So how do we how do we navigate that overwhelm? And I want to also talk about why do we feel so overwhelmed when we're starting a new role? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question because I, I think so many women, especially high achieving women, really um, often suffer from like perfectionistic thinking, right? And we feel like we need to be able to do it all and do it all, quote unquote, right. And I think that line of thinking is really what gets us into the state of overwhelm, especially when it's something new that we need to really start challenging ourselves and taking on new roles just what you said, learning new cultures, you have new teammates, and being able to really set priorities and get clarity on what that means for you. Yeah, I think that's so true is that we want to be successful right out of the gate, right? And we're used to that. I think that's the other thing is we're used to having a lot of success and we're used to being able to learn everything very quickly. And so when we can't do that, when something feels really challenging, I think the automatic place that the brain goes to is that this is too much, it's too hard. And in my opinion, that's what creates overwhelm for me is when I feel like I have a lot of decisions to make. And I also get a little frustrated that I am not doing as well as I should be. So what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And I think when we're feeling that stressed and overwhelm and like we have so many decisions to make, we don't know where to start, that a lot of times that often leads us to inaction. And then it's just almost like a cycle. So with the women that I work with, I always want them to take a look at where is their time being spent. And I want them to do that after they have set their priorities so that they can compare where it is that they are spending their time to the priorities that they have stated they want 
in their life. Because I think oftentimes, along with perfectionistic thinking and high achieving women and wanting to be successful, oftentimes we are also people pleasing. And so we're really trying to go, go, go and do, do, do for what everyone else often thinks is important. And that is what will leave us to frustration because we're not in alignment with knowing what it is that we want, right? This is so good, Michelle. I love what you're saying. And I feel like our philosophies are so, so aligned because you're absolutely right. You said something so interesting is when we're in overwhelm, I found that either you're in this inaction place, right, where you're feeling paralyzed and you don't know what to do next. And so you don't take action. Or I found with the same group, high achieving women, just like us, we tend to overdo and we're doing all of these different things. But the key point here is that in either one of those scenarios, it doesn't match what we've said is important to us, right? So we might be doing all of these things that are are actually are not our priority. And so I had this situation actually with one of my clients who is a CEO and as organized as she is and the high performing woman she is, when we looked at her time, so I like to do this exercise called a time wheel. When we looked at the slices of where her time was going, actually she was spending so much time doing these draining household tasks, things like making dinner, cleaning, groceries, And actually that had nothing to do with her goals for that quarter, which involved her getting onto a board, which involved her planning her TED talk and really growing her business, right? And it was out of guilt, you know, for her, it was this guilty feeling of, I want to show up as a good partner, as a good mother, and I want to hold a family unit together. And she was doing that through actions, but it had nothing to do with her goals. And so what we decided is how can we outsource and how can we delegate some of these things? So has that been your experience to Michelle with some of the clients that you work with and the women that you coach that maybe they're doing lots of things, but it has nothing to do with their goals? Absolutely. And it's so, as you were just telling that story, I was like, holy smokes, that was me years ago. And I remember a coach telling me, and I think there's two parts to it. So it sounds as if your client was a little bit more specific to keeping the family together and what that looks like. But I think oftentimes there's a part of that, that those actions do give us that feeling of accomplishment. Like that is a feeling that I often want to feel, but I have to be very careful because sure, I can feel accomplished cleaning the toilet, but does that really get me to my goal, right? So is it almost like a buffer because that's the easy thing and our brain wants to be, right? Have something that's going to be easy and comfortable and what we know, but it's not really allowing us to accomplish the goal, which we have to be willing to feel uncomfortable in and maybe not know all of the answers and maybe not get that immediate feeling of accomplishment. Absolutely. I see that so often also with my clients and you know, I have to be very aware of it for myself as well. And, you know, we haven't talked about buffering on the podcast before, Michelle. So I would love it if you could introduce that concept to to our listeners a little bit, because we haven't talked about what that looks like and what buffering means and why it happens. Sure, absolutely. Buffering, and, and again, I'll use an example for myself. And I feel like for a number of high achieving women at the end of the day, for example, one might feel like they need a glass of wine at the end of the day to relax. So it's really this way that we avoid the discomfort. The other place that I see it, perhaps it's 
overeating a little bit, perhaps it's over Facebooking, whatever this over action thing is that you might be doing over shopping in order to avoid a feeling. And what happens is at the end of the day, it leaves you with a net negative effect. So I am not saying do not eat the dessert or do not have the glass of wine. I think you choose what works for you. But when the next day or the next morning, you might feel like, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm not really getting a very good workout, or I feel like I could be more productive. That's what we would call a net negative effect. And the place that I often see this, it might be either anxiety to try to relax or boredom, because I feel like, again, high achieving women who want to get it done, do not like feeling bored. And we have to be willing sometimes to slow down in order to speed up. We have to be willing to take that time, like you mentioned, to set the priorities and put a strategy in place that allows us to accomplish the big goals that we're looking for. Yes. And going back to what we were talking about at the beginning here of this episode, right, of that first year, and I'm actually going to shorten that time span a little bit. I like to use 90-day increments, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you've joined a new career, you are sitting in all of the discomfort, like you said, because there's all these things that we need to figure out. It's new for us and we're not used to these feelings. And I think that one of the ways that people buffer is they think about quitting and they start indulging in that part of them, which is, you know, I'll just let this go, or this isn't the right career for me, or maybe I'll go back to what I was doing before. And I speak from personal experience and Michelle, I know you have this experience, which we want to hear about as well is I did the same thing. So for those of you who don't know, in March, I quit my full-time corporate role and I decided to go all in on my coaching business. And that is extremely uncomfortable. I had to sit with the feelings of, hey, I'm not going to have a regular paycheck coming in. Um, I am doing everything from A to Z in my business. I am the marketing person and the CFO and the CEO and the COO and the CTO. All of those roles are being done by me. And so the way that I buffered was... I was thinking constantly about my old career. I was applying to jobs. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to just go back because I didn't want to sit in the discomfort of, hey, this is my new life and career. It just felt so, you know, new and strange to me. And I wanted to avoid it at all costs. And being on LinkedIn, looking at jobs and management consulting was very familiar. So that's what I did is I would just be looking and browsing and thinking about it and then be halfway into my business. So let's talk about, you know, why that doesn't work. And, and let's talk about how you coach maybe your clients through that feeling of, hey, I want to quit. Yes, it's funny. I We were talking before we started recording, and that is exactly what happened to me. I was in the job that I currently have. It was just about a year into it, and I thought, this is crazy. I have no control over my time. The job is my life, and I need to go back to what I was doing prior. But there was a question in the interview process. I was at the end. It was like the final interview, and they just asked me what I would do with a tangled strand of Christmas lights, which I thought was such an odd question, but I just told them, of course, I would attempt to untangle them and figure it out because I just wasn't going to go buy a 
a new strand if these were working fine. And the point behind it was that the interviewer wanted to see where my mindset was on really doing hard things and working through things that might be a little bit more challenging. And once I actually thought about that, I was like, I need to stay in this job. This is the work I need to do. And I need to be able to figure it out for myself. And a lot of that figuring out I find with my clients is really looking at how it is that we're managing our time. So to your point, I love doing the time exercise. I think that is gold. I think once people take the time to really look at where they're spending their efforts, it allows them the opportunity to gain control and to make changes. And I think a lot of times I see this with my clients, they feel like the job is what controls their life. They have no time to you know, have this work-life integration. I'm not a big believer in work-life balance. I think that we decide on purpose to be present when we're at work and to be present when we're with our family or our friends or with ourselves. And I think we have to be very purposeful with that. So I really love having my clients take the time to look at setting boundaries, knowing their priorities. It's a lot of saying no to things that are not in line with what it is that we're doing. And I think for women, especially, that is some of the challenging work to be able to say, you know, no, I'm not going to be able to cover that late case or stay late in the office, whatever it is for you. So it's really Really taking back our power and knowing that we always have a choice. When I went through coach training, we had quotes on our desk. Each person had one. And mine from Brooke Castillo was, everything in life is a choice, even if it doesn't feel like it. And I think that's so important because it's much more empowering to think like that versus that we're the victim to the job, especially in that first year. We need to know that we control our time. Yes, I totally agree with that because look at the end of the day, even if you tell yourself, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this to get promoted. I have to do this to be visible, etc. Remember that you have chosen that career, right? You've chosen to be there and you've chosen to take that role on. And what I've actually found is that the people that are most successful actually have very clear boundaries, like you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. And I always use this analogy and this way of thinking. I want you to think about a CEO of a company, right? Think about the CEO of your company right now. Are they just making, you know, time for everything and whatever you throw at them, they say, oh yes, I'm happy to do this. No, their calendar is very tight. It is very safeguarded. They're very clear about what they're doing when, and they are managing their time with high regard. And they have so much high regard for themselves and that's why it works, right? And that's why they can have such a good overview and they're in a position of power within a company. And so I think we think the opposite that once I get to a CEO, then I can start safeguarding my time and have strong boundaries because people will listen to me because I have that authority. But I actually think that the reverse is true, right? You are so particular about your time, about yourself. You have your boundaries. And the other thing is, which we started talking about was the buffering piece is that you allow yourself a time in the day to really experience all of those uncomfortable feelings and be there with those feelings. So we haven't talked about this either that much on the podcast, but everybody has these frustrations, maybe people that you're feeling angry with, situations that are coming up in your professional life. And during the day, we have to be professional. 
And sometimes even with our family, we put on that happy face and I'm not saying do that and, you know, start having breakdowns at work and things like that, but in a safe space, in an environment, let yourself just do whatever you need to do, whether that looks like crying, whether that looks like yelling into a pillow, you know, writing out an angry note. I think it is so important to let ourselves feel these what I say, quote unquote, negative emotions, right? I think we're so scared. People feel like they're going to spiral out of control, but you have to schedule it in. You have to be aware that things that are going to happen that you don't like and schedule it in. Mm -hmm. So I would love your thoughts on that too. Yeah, I agree with you. And I love what you said about the CEO having high regard for themselves. And I think that is exactly the work, right? What you're talking about, taking the time to set the boundaries, to be able to feel the feelings, that was such a learning experience for me. And I still have to work on that because growing up, we did not talk about feelings. You just got to work and you just kept going. And I see what a difference it makes to allow myself that time, exactly what you're saying to either sit by myself, maybe cry, maybe write a letter. And it is amazing. Once you process that, we're so afraid to feel it, but you feel so much better. And on the other side of that, you have learned something. And I feel like that's what gets you that next step closer to becoming your next best version of yourself, right? To be able to get to that goal that it is that you want. And one other thing that you had mentioned, I think as women, you know, oftentimes we feel like we need to keep it all together for everyone. And so when we're talking about having high regard for ourselves, self-care, just remembering that self-care is not selfish. We need to be able to schedule that. And it might just be as simple as getting a workout in. When I talk self-care, I'm not discussing, you know, bubble baths and massages. I'm just talking about taking 10 minutes. Maybe it's five to 10 minutes. And I tell my clients this in your driveway, before you walk into your house to kind of release the day to your point, kind of just let those emotions go so that when you walk in the door, you have now made that change to being able to focus on the family. I love this approach, Michelle, that you're sharing because it sounds like, you know, sometimes when people think about self-care, they have to replan their entire schedule. But even that, that 10 minutes that you mentioned of stopping in the driveway, right? You can build that into your schedule so easily. And I think that's the name of the game is being able to find in your existing schedule, just a few moments and starting there with that practice, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be you, you know, having a whole, you're waking up at 4.30 AM suddenly and doing all of these different things, but how do you find those few moments? And to your point, also allowing yourself, like, especially in that first year of the job, there will be things that you might worry about. And we know that worry really is not useful. However, to in order to feel it, you can schedule five, 10 minutes in the morning and just allow yourself like, okay, I will allow myself to worry for this amount of time. And then that's it. I'm going to get to work and I'm going to work on the things that are going to move me forward. Love it. Yes. That's so important. And that's something that I talk to my clients about as well is just having, again, that scheduled time for whatever, feeling bad. Even if you do feel like we were talking about that victimization in the beginning, I think it's about not staying there. 
right? So as a human being, you are going to have the whole entire rainbow of emotions and you will probably go through that in a day. But the point is not staying in any one emotion too long to the point where it's not helping you, right? So if you do feel bad about things that are happening professionally, you're feeling like things are out of control, you want to feel bad for yourself, great, but limit it and literally set up a timer on your phone and say for Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, and I'm not going to, you know, think about it again until tomorrow when my scheduled time is there, right? Because again, like you said, it's not useful to keep staying there and thinking about that same thing over and over again. Absolutely. And even, you know, speaking of thinking about the same thing over and over again, something you said earlier about making decisions and having so many decisions and not knowing where to start. I think a lot of times we will think Think that there is a right decision. And that's what kind of keeps us stalled because we don't want to get it wrong, but there really is no right or wrong. Like if we can just consider who is the one who decides if it's a right or wrong decision, usually that's on us, right? So we can just have our own back as we build that high regard for ourselves and make the decision, learn from it and move on. And if we do that faster and faster and faster, we get to that goal as opposed to just sitting around thinking, I'm not sure which is the right decision. Yes. And I think there's so much power in making decisions, I would say also quickly, right? So one is not being stuck in the, is this right or wrong? But the other thing is, I think people think often that the longer they spend deciding, the better the decision's going to be. As if, if you increase the time, right? That's going to better the outcome, but that's actually not the case. It doesn't really, just because you take four days to think about something, if you want to move forward or not, has really no impact on how good that decision-making is. And I think part of that comes from, and you can tell me if you agree, is, you know, we talk so much about people that make rash decisions, right? Or uh, something that happens quickly, but actually there is a lot of power in not filling up your day with what I call open decisions, right? And so think about like all the tabs that you have open on in a browser where you have all these things that you haven't decided on. And it's really just cluttering up your mind and your brain because you haven't gone one way or the other. And so instead of it taking five minutes and you're done, you know, you're thinking about the same thing for maybe a week or two weeks. Absolutely. And I think that could be just as little as something, you know, taking the mail off of the top of the microwave and putting it where it needs to be. Like you will see that, right? It stays in your brain and our brain is not meant for storage. It's meant for processing. So we want to be able to just, to your point, make those decisions, move on and know that we are not going to beat ourselves up about it after we make the decision. I think sometimes back to that, you know, right or wrong, that is the right or wrong, right? If we are going to be shaming ourselves, judging ourselves, blaming ourselves, as opposed to just getting curious, like, okay, what can I learn from that? And then move on to the next decision and move on to the next decision. And it does, it will leave you so much more energized, at least I find for myself and for my clients, when you work in that way, making the decisions quickly versus just thinking about it to your point, you know, we think about it for the four days, whatever it is, but we just make a decision in a minute, right? So it's all this time that has been almost wasted. And then we make the decision and we 
choose from there what it is that we are going to do. Absolutely. Michelle, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and really thinking through how to make our first year in a new role, in a new career, as successful as possible. And for the listeners out there, again, just to reiterate, think about those feelings of overwhelm. Where are they coming from, right? What are the root thoughts that are creating that overwhelm? The next thing that we've talked about is just looking at your time and making sure that it aligns with your priorities and goals. And then the third thing is stepping into that powerful decision-making and not letting things linger and take up that space in your brain because all of those things are going to contribute to you feeling overwhelmed. And then you're going to start thinking about, okay, should I quit? Should I not quit? And then you have another decision to make and something else to think about. And all of these things are, you know, a way to buffer. So I hope that this was helpful to you all. And Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a blast. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I share today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode. And for more tips, follow me on Instagram under inspiration underscore careers. 